0: is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. As believers and followers of Christ, it's imperative that we ask ourselves an important question. Is the world influencing us... Or are we influencing the world? In today's Prophecy Update, Pastor JD reflects on the ever-increasing influence of the world on the Church, which has unfortunately made many believers lukewarm. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update at jdfarag.org. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on August 21st, 2022.
1: Let's jump in. I want to borrow this well-known idiom of the tail wagging the dog, but from a prophetic perspective in terms of Bible prophecy. Now, the tail wagging the dog is understood as something less important that will dominate a situation which results in a role reversal, if you will. Another definition of this idiom carries with it the idea of something important or powerful being controlled by something less so. And I realize that saying this might seem like I'm painting the prophetic canvas with a broad brush, but I'll say it nonetheless. I'm likening the world to the tail and the church to the dog. And the reason being is that the roles have been reversed, with the world influencing the church, instead of the church influencing the world. And this is a prophecy, by the way, that in the last days this is what would happen. This is what the condition of the church would be. And here's what's sad, and it is sad. The church today has become lukewarm in its impact and usefulness, due in large measure to its mixing with the world so as to be more like the world. I'll just speak for myself and parenthetically say that I thank God that when I was saved and delivered out of the world and I stepped foot into a church that it wasn't like the world, because what would the point be? If the world that I'm coming out of and the church that I'm going into, there's no difference, then why would I come out of the world? Well, Revelation chapter 3. Can you join me there? I want to begin reading in verse 14. Through to verse 22, let me set the stage if the book of Revelation, particularly this chapter, or these two chapters in chapters 2 and 3 are new to you, which is fine. These two chapters in Revelation are actually seven letters that Jesus had John write to seven actual physical churches located in Asia Minor, we know it today as modern-day Turkey. These were seven physical churches in seven cities there in that area and region at the time and they actually were in a a postal route. So these letters were actually written by John, dictated by Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit, inspired by the Holy Spirit. And John was told to write these letters and send them to these churches, to the pastor, to the angel. That's the word messenger, the the pastors, the a- angel. So I was just saying. So these letters were sent to the angel oh, of the church, and it was to be read to that church. And the year is about ninety five A.D. when this took place. And by the way, John has been banished to the island of Patmos about 50 miles off the coast of Turkey, left there to die. Church historians tell us that this after he was thrown into a cauldron of boiling oil and didn't die. And so what are we going to do with this guy? We're trying to kill him and martyr him, and he refuses to die. That's because God still has a plan for him and work for him. So they didn't know what to do with him. So they banished him to this island. Perfect. Right on schedule. And he's given this vision, this revelation that we know as the book of Revelation in our Bibles. And these two chapters, chapters two and three, have seven letters to seven churches and it's the seventh church that I would like to draw your attention to today, and it's the church that was located in the city of Laodicea. You can actually visit the ruins of this ancient city. I wouldn't necessarily recommend it at this time, but it was a thriving and as we'll see very prosperous city at the time. Now, verse 14, John is told to write by the Spirit, and to the angel of the church, listen, of the Laodiceans. Stop right there. We need to talk about this, because (laughs) the six churches prior, Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, or Pergamon, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, every single one of those churches, it's to the angel of the church in Ephesus, in Smyrna, in Pergamos, in Thyatira, in Sardis, in Philadelphia. But when he gets to Laodicea, he doesn't say, to the angel of the church in Laodicea. No. He says, to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans. Not even my church anymore. That's going to come into play in a moment. Right. These things says the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say, I am rich, have become wealthy, and have need of nothing. And do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind and naked. I counsel you, verse 18, to buy from me gold refined in the fire, that you may be rich, and white garments, that you may be clothed. By the way, they were also known for being these worldwide famous manufacturers of black wool garments. And yet they were naked. And Jesus is having John write to them, Clothe yourself in white garments, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. And this is key. Hang on to this one too. Anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne." And then he ends the letter as he does the other letters in verse 22. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Okay. Dare I say that this church in that day is alive and well today and as such points prophetically to the church in this, the last days. And this for no less than three reasons, the first of which is the world's infiltration of the church with its man-centered pop culture so much so that the popular opinion of the people culturally and socially actually rules and makes all the decisions spiritually. What if I told you that that's what the name means, the name is the nature. Laodicea, combination of two words. Laos and Dikao, the laity decide, the rule of the people, the people decide, the people rule. The popular opinion, socially and culturally, that's how the decisions are made for this church. So it's, let's do a demographic study. What do the people want? Let's let's uh, do a poll. Let's let's do some research. Let's let's see what do the people want, and then we'll do what the people want because that's what's going to make that decision. Laodicea. The second reason this last day's church is alive and well today has to do with Jesus having John write concerning worldly wealth. Now, it's important to understand that the city of Laodicea, among other things, was known for its wealth as the center for big banks. But they did have a problem, and it was a pretty serious problem, because they had a water problem. See, they relied on this fresh water supply there in Laodicea that would come from Colossae. But in the summer that would dry up. So what are we going to do? Oh, problem solved. We'll just throw money at it. We have the money. They were so wealthy that they constructed this elaborate and very expensive aqueduct water system to bring water from Hierapolis down to Laodicea. And it worked. They actually got water from the natural hot springs in Hierapolis. (laughs) But the only problem is that by the time the water got from Hierapolis down to Laodicea, those hot springs were no longer hot. The water was lukewarm. And if this weren't bad enough, it would also get polluted, which in turn would make people nauseated and sick, vomiting it out. Oh, wow. (laughs) So when Jesus has John write this letter, do you see that they would have really understood the imagery and the metaphors and the pictures? that were being painted on the canvas of this rebuke. And by the way, this church, no commendation from the Lord, the only church that is not commended for anything, rather rebuked for everything. Well, this brings us to the third reason that this last days church is alive and well today. And interesting, it has to do with John writing concerning their advanced medical procedures, if I can say it like that. Specifically, as it relates to this cutting-edge medical school there in Laodicea, which is believed to have been world famous, famous worldwide for their ISAV. I uh, actually did some research on this, and it's believed that they actually had this powder, this cutting edge medical procedure, and they actually put it into the form of a pill and exported it, and then they would grind it back down and put it on their eyes, and it would help with vision problems. So I guess no need for reading glasses. I just got ISAV from Laodicea. Very expensive, but I can afford it. That's what they were known for. Oh, wait a minute. Me mean to tell me that this city and this church in that city was known for their medical and pharmaceutical industry? Yeah. In fact, that was one of the main reasons that Laodicea had amassed so much of their wealth, as you might imagine. As far as they were concerned, they had everything and were in need of nothing, not even the Lord, which explains why Jesus is on the outside and has to knock to come back in it's ironic, isn't it? Notice the irony with me, and please just hang in there with me on this. How how ironic is this? I mean, you you are known for your eye salve to improve eyesight, but yet you're blind. And you, you see yourself as having need for nothing. You, you need for nothing. You want for nothing. You have everything. But the reality is you're blind to the fact that you're wretched, and you're miserable, and you're poor. You think you're wealthy? You're poor. You think you see? You're blind. You think you're clothed in the latest fashion of the day? You're naked. If you were to ask me why it is that I truly believe with all my heart that we are at the end as the church, my answer would be this, look no further than to the Laodicean church. It should be noted that this is the last of the seven churches for good reason. It serves as a prophetic picture of the end in the end, namely the condition, the lukewarm condition of the church at the time of the end, the last church in the last days. Example, illustration. Stay with me you have a glass of water, cold water. We can use boiling water, whatever you want. Take your pick. Set that water in a room and leave it. And it's not long before now that water will acclimate to the temperature of the room and become lukewarm. Oh, I started off with ice-cold water, Woo! especially on a hot day. Or how about hot water, both of which are useful. What about water that's lukewarm? <sighs> what use is that? It's useless. It's, can I say this word, feckless? You know what that word means? Has no impact. It's, there's no effect. It does not change anything. It's been changed. That has now become acclimated to the temperature of the culture, the room, the environment. Now that, that glass of water has become like these surroundings. No wonder. You know, the common denominator with all of this is that this church was deceived. You no, know, by the way, this is a church, and these are Christians. But they need to repent because they become lukewarm. How, how did that happen? Because they were deceived. They were deceived. It's called self-deception when you don't see yourself as God sees you. How do I see myself as God sees me? Oh, in the mirror of God's Word. It shows me me. Oh, I don't want to... Whoa! I don't want to... Whoa! Kind of like when especially when you get to a certain age, you wake up, you look in the mirror, and then you wince, and it's like, oh Lord, come quickly. There's hair where it shouldn't be, and hair no hair where there used to be. And anyway, enough of my problems, but you get the point. The mirror shows me my true condition. But see, they're deceived into thinking that they're actually not in that condition. Well, when Paul writes to Timothy, a pastor of a church, in his first letter, chapter 4, verse 1, he says, Now the Spirit expressly says, that in latter times some will depart from the faith, listen, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Okay, wait a minute. So these are Christians, yes. This church in Laodicea is a church, yes. But they've been deceived, yes deceiving spirits. Did you know that Satan has doctrine? Oh, it's deceptive doctrine. And they give heed to these deceiving spirits, these doctrines of demons that apparently have infiltrated the church. This is a letter to the church. This is not to the world. You're not going to depart from The faith, if you've not first come to the faith, to depart from it.
0: We're so glad you joined us for this prophecy update on In Spirit and Truth. Do the things you hear about on this program cause you to feel unsettled? Perhaps there are too many things coming into play that make you stop and wonder if you're truly living in the end times. If that's the case, we hope that through these updates, you are reminded of God's faithfulness through His Word and that His promises will be fulfilled. This can be a benefit to you. Being around other believers can give you support regarding these things that are happening around you. If you're in the area and haven't found a church home yet, we invite you to come visit us and get to know the heart behind this ministry. You can join us for a time of worship at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays at 8.30 or 10.45 a.m. and Thursdays at 7.00 p.m. for Bible study with Pastor J.D. If you'd like more information on joining us or for additional resources, go to jdfarag.org and scroll to the bottom of the page. That's jdfarag.org. There, you'll find a Calvary link that will take you to the church's website. While you're at our website, be sure to check out additional teachings from Pastor JD. Another interesting point of reference is a tab that says ABCs. This is useful for anyone seeking and wanting to find out more about Jesus and his love for you as an individual. That's all available at our website. Again, that's jdfarag.org. Our time with you is up for today, but thanks for tuning in to spend this time with us. Join Pastor JD for another edition of In Spirit and Truth.